trying something new. It might not be so good. But we're stuck inside. And we might just die. So let's try a new hobby. Still learning the ukulele. the one who dyed her hair lavender slightly this week. Uh, and I'm Jude, the one who keeps playing Among Us to fill the board where my social life used to be. <laughs> and this is Friends with New Shobbies, a podcast where we try a new hobby every week. Every week! How's it going? Um, first off, I feel like I need to apologize because we spoke for about an hour before this and I didn't notice that you had dyed your hair lavender. It's very, very faint. It's very faint. I apologize. I... No. Like... Thank you. Didn't want it to turn like bright purple. So I was very cautious with my use of the manic panic mixed with conditioner. But it's, you can kind of see in the sun and it's honestly like, that's fine. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, do you remember when I dyed my hair? Like I did dye my hair like ultra bright purple and then I dyed our parents' beige couch with the back of my head. How could I ever forget? I have a, I like, you could see that dad was mad, but it was also like, what could you do? It was, so he made me like scrub at it. And that thing was purple for years afterwards. Cause that, that dad did not want to save my hair, but it desperately wanted to cling to that like thousand dollar couch. I forgot. Uh, yeah, you're right. Cause yeah, it wasn't like you intentionally tried to dye it. And we were very fortunate that mom and dad were like, okay, you didn't mean to do this. We're not going to yell at you. Yeah. So anyway, what else is new? Um, well, the world is slightly less on fire than it was last week. Biden is now the president. Big ups, big ups. Good job for you, uh, USA. You got it together. An adult is back. I was saying before, it was, it's like somebody whose job it is versus somebody who it was their vanity project before. So That's a very accurate descriptor. So glad. And I also just, like, I feel like we need to flag how amazing that code game was. Yes, um, absolutely. Was, oh, my gosh. Like, Dr. Joe Biden, obviously Kamala Harris, Lady Gaga. Michelle, Michelle Obama. Obama. Oh, she was looking here. She was wearing a Sergio Hudson uh, jacket. Oh. Uh, and Bernie Sanders, our meme king, uh, was wearing a Burton jacket. And yes. I also do, like, oh, oh, Amanda Gorman was wearing a, like, a bright yellow Prada overcoat. And it was mm-hmm. oh, gorgeous. So that was a lovely highlight. And besides that, we are still in lockdown. Cases are going down in my area of uh, coastal Vancouver. They are unfortunately still spiking in your area. People, please stop traveling. Like, (laughs) please stop traveling. Like, to stay home. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, they are spiking where I live, but I think we mentioned it before. The area that I live in is the interior health region, which is actually huge geographically, so... It's not necessarily my city that the cases are spiking in, but obviously we're all being cautious. The good thing for us is that the hospitalizations are really low still. At Mm -hmm. least they were a couple days ago. Anyway, they're they're still quite low. So it's very manageable still. We're not in a situation. And BC in general is in a much better situation than most of the rest of the country. Um, Ontario, Quebec are. Yes. So a couple of my coworkers live um, in Ontario and they're we're like what are you guys doing on the weekends and they're like nothing we're in total lockdown it's like right 
but did you hear about <laughs> so in montreal right now they have super strict lockdown procedures right and so they have a whatchamacallit at 8 p.m curfew curfew thank you and but the only thing that you can do post that past that curfew going outside is walk your dog mm-hmm. however a couple was arrested <laughs> it was fine <laughs> Because uh, the wife had put a collar and a leash on her husband and thought that was a fair equivalent. <laughs> it's such like a, the few people I've talked to you are like, oh, it's like Montreal. Like, they just shrug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although apparently my, so one of my friends who does live in Montreal was saying, there's also, there's also a case where someone was having a, a party with friend with family members. They got busted by police because it was over, like, you're not supposed to see other people. In your, and they're arguing right now, it's in their bubble. But apparently the video was like, like the police legitimately raided their house and like pulled people out to arrest them. Oh, wow. So don't see your family right now, y'all. You know, the the 5-0 is is wilding. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) It's like one of those situations where it's like, part of me's like, wow, they really shouldn't have family members in their house. But also like nobody wants to be a dad. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're like, Montreal is having a huge spike and they're super going hardcore. So we do appreciate uh, that they're taking it seriously. But, you know, I'm glad that there are some some people living their lives, uh, walking their husbands on leash, at least. Um, and you know what? I'm sure he, the, the husband at least, really enjoyed the punishment of the fine. Okay. Set all right down. Never. How how are you doing? <laughs> what's, what's happening in your week? You know, good. Like... Agree. An inauguration. Exciting to, you know, be moving forward. This may be mildly controversial, but I am personally happy that Joe Biden has put the Ixnay on the Keystone XL pipeline. Oh, um, same, same. Pipeline that was going from Alberta down through the states. Very unpopular for a lot of people, and Justin Trudeau put that through. There are lots of people who are very mad about that in Canada, but there I feel like potentially more who aren't just mad about it. So anyway, I'm happy. I think putting our money into fossil, personally, I think putting our huge amounts of money into fossil fuel infrastructure is not the way to go. I definitely think we need to maintain, obviously, the infrastructure that's still there. And I appreciate that fossil fuels are very important for the economy, particularly right now. But I just think these huge, massive prod- projects just aren't aren't the way to spend money. That money should be going into more re- renewable resources yeah. but i have an environmental degree so i mean well but also we're seeing biased. more and more politics around like like the states is making a, a really big commitment to going into different kinds of electricity and so it doesn't make sense for us to double down into something if it's not going to be a big player in the economic uh, global scale and so it makes sense for us to move that money in, into other things we haven't the I guess we haven't really been critical of pipelines on the past year, but I do just want to say that we predominantly our our choices are based on the uh, the safety and the the speed at which some of the pipelines are put through, and the uh, like the consultation with you know First Nations treaties are not in place. There's unceded land. Thank you, unceded land. I generally am very anti pipeline. So I like there was no surprise to anyone in my life when I was like, I hate that pipeline. It'll be interesting to see what happens. No, Trudeau will probably have had some words for Bernie about it or for Bernie. Oh my goodness. For Joe Biden about it. Bernie doesn't care. Bernie screens his calls. I've seen more pictures of Bernie Sanders in the last 24 hours than I think (laughs) I've ever had in my life before because it's constant and you and I were talking about that meme before we showed him about where he's sitting in the lawn chair with his mittens and his mask on and I keep thinking like, oh, this is going to get bored. Like I'm going to get tired of this, but no, it just doesn't happen. And it's consistently entertaining. And I think we all needed that. 
that moment to sort of cleanse our palate from everything else that's going on in the world. Yeah. And in addition to that, in my personal update, my dog Nebby is now a brand ambassador. She's a working girl. Very excited. So she obviously has her own Instagram. We've tagged it before on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but a local pet bandana company called Tella's Bandanas. So the dog is Nutella. They oh. put out, I know, so cute. They put out a call for um, brand ambassadors, I believe a week and a half ago. And I just sent a message. Um, they got over 200 people applying and Nebby was one of three that they picked. So yes. We'll be, sure, <laughs> we'll be sure to to link that um, once we have the photo and she will get a discount code, I believe. We get a free bandana and I get a matching scrunchie, which is very exciting for me. But most importantly, they're a nice local local business. It's weird if you have a, a Instagram for your pet, you'll get lots of people reaching out to ask you to like promote our stuff. But then you look at it and you're like, these like, you know, it's not, they don't really have a storefront. They're not really saying where they're based out of. And then a lot of these people reaching out all have the exact same stuff. And you're like, okay, like, it's weird. Uh, but this is Kelowna company, super excited, love supporting a little a local small business, love being part of that experience. So yeah, very excited about that. Fabulous. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, but that being said, the cats, which are wonderful, have been, I don't know what it is, if like the, the Maybe it's because it's colder in the house right now. Vancouver might actually get snow on Sunday. What? Don't leave your house. Tell me about your cats. What's their problem? I think the house is just, we have we live in an old house. We mentioned it before. Uh, the house just gets no. cold. Like, like my room has been frigid for the last little while. Like I have my heated blanket out. Like I have my like my sheet, my heated blanket, my duvet on top. But generally that's like more than enough. Um, but last night I woke up freezing, even though they're also on top of me. It's because my heat blanket had turned off during the night. Oh. And just, I just like, it. I never, I very rarely have to use that. The reason I have a heat blanket is because when I was 20, I lived in this weird collective house. Oh God, yeah. That's um, but I lived in an unsealed garage. And so that had no, <laughs> no. It was blanket. freezing. So I had a heat blanket because my parents <laughs> love me and don't want me to die. And I still use it to this day because it's wonderful. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that is, uh, so I think the cats are just super needy right now. Like they are, I'm like, they're working. They want to be up in your lap. They want to be in the same room as you. It's very cute. But at the same time, like I have like a monitor by my work computer that I play. It's this website called Windowswap. And it like shows different windows around the world. And there's one that we love that's in France and it's showing the Swiss Alps. Ooh. And like snowy scene in the front of us. So I love watching that. There's also one where there are deer eating out of a little trough. And then there's a squirrel. And a couple times I've been in a meeting with that playing <laughs> in the background. And a cat has this bolted out of nowhere to attack this, the monitor above my work computer, which is very alarming for everybody in the meeting. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> It's mostly Toro, I feel like. That's amazing. If it was tough, yeah. your, your monitor would like break fresh on the floor. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, so that's been a big, big highlight of my week. And what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a Naughty Hildegard from Driftwood Brewing. It is an extra special bitter, which fun fact, when I first started getting into more like, I don't know, craft beers, I guess would be the way to put it. Extra special bitters were my, my entryway into it. It is just a very nice, clean beer. And it's not super hoppy, um, which is a lot a barrier to a lot of people when they're first trying out beers. But it does have a nice kind of bitter taste to it. But it is great. It's especially good with spicy food. Like if you're having Ooh. spicy food, an extra special bitter. It's just like, oh, wow. what are you drinking? I'm calling this 
passionate screw. So today is, or two days ago was the one year anniversary of us landing on the Galapagos. And so while we're in the Galapagos, we had a lot of passion fruit, either in juices that we have with our meals. We had it in a popsicle once, which was life-changing, super, super good. Love it so much. So I bought a bunch of passion fruit juice and we came back because my original plan was to have Jude visit and my parents visit and we'd have like Galapagos night and look through all the photos, have passion fruit martinis and cocktails, and then that whatever. I had a whole plan. And then of course, I don't know, a month after we got back, basically COVID hit. And so that's never come to fruition. Uh, but I still love passion fruit juice. So quite happy to drink it. So this is essentially a screwdriver made with passion fruit juice. So it's um, passion fruit juice and vodka. And the vodka is from my very favorite vodka distillery, dairy distillery out of Ontario. So what they do, cow is my favorite animal, which I think I've talked about before. The dairy distillery, they take the leftover, um, like when they make milk, they take out a bunch of like sugar essentially from the cow milk. And that's just sugar. And so you can't just dump sugar down the drain because it'll cause algae blooms and cause all these problems they have. So this guy, um, he grew up, I believe he grew up on a dairy farm and he was like, well, alcohol is made from sugar. And this is like a bunch of free sugar. Why don't we make it into alcohol? So he took, he had a partnership with the university of Ottawa. They found a type of yeast that could process the sugars in the milk, um, leftovers and they ended up making vodka with it. So they're taking a waste product, essentially. They get it for free from all the dairy farmers in the area. And they make it into this very, very smooth. It tastes creamy, but it's not. It's still like regular vodka. There's no lactose or anything in it. It's just regular vodka, but it's really, really smooth, really creamy. I love it. Um, it's located in Almont in Ontario, which is about an hour from Ottawa, where my in-laws live. And so on our last trip there, they took me to the dairy distillery. And for Christmas, my husband got me, they have a four pack of like, they make creamy, like Bailey's almost type things now. Uh. So I had a four pack of those and all the packaging is so cute. It's like little tiny milk bottles. And then he also got me a little tiny bottle of the vodka. So I had a big bottle with a little bit left. So I finished it off in this. So that was a lot of information, but I like what they're doing is so cool. And it's also super delicious. So no, that is amazing. I am super excited. And I want to go one day when on Ontario is not on fire and the pandemic is over. I would love mm-hmm. to visit there because that sounds amazing. And also we love a reuse it. Like they're, they're basically taking something that was originally waste and turning it into something that is not waste, which I love that. Yeah. yeah. And, the end, and so the end result, all the sugar is used up by the alcohol. So they have vodka and then like essentially just water. So they can dump their waste just down the, the sewer system because it's safe yeah. and, and just water. So, so it's delicious. Last week we're going to do Egyptian mythology at the time. Jude had expressed some concerns about doing it. And we were like, you know what? It's cool. We love it. Cleopatra we were on board. Once I got into it, I was like, this is kind of a lot. I don't, I feel like as a kind of subject, we should maybe have like an expert join us on the show for. So if anyone's an Egyptologist, please let us know. But we have a couple sort of historical type topics on mythology in particular, because I think it's a cool thing to to talk about or ancient history of ancient civilizations that we just kind of felt, I just kind of felt maybe it wasn't the best call for us in this point in time. And that's the beauty of it being our show and our schedule and our decisions is that we can do that. So we decided to change our subject this week. Jude, what are we doing? We tie-dyed. Mm. This week we did tie-dyeing as our, uh, instead, because it's fun and festive and bright and colorful and we all need that in these dark, dark times. In case you weren't here for the 60s, 70s, 90s, tie-dyeing is a method of hand-dyeing, in which case colors and patterns are produced by 
scrunching up fabric uh, into small portions, tying together with strings or elastic bands, and then immersing the cloth in a dye bath. The dye then fails to penetrate certain sections of it, creating a fun little pattern. I am pulling at my shirt because I did my tie. I wore my tie dye shirt, but you can barely see it. <laughs> Caitlin, what is the history behind tie dye? Tie dye. Uh, the earliest examples of something like tie dye um, come from the <clears throat> are in the Far East, from the fifth century in China, and the earliest surviving examples of pre-Columbian tie dye in Peru date from 500 to 8. 110 AD. So these designs uh, tended to include small circles and lines with bright, bright colors, including red, blue, yellow, and green. So I was there to have been using natural dyes because it was um, Shibori is a form of tie dye which originated in Japan. Yeah, and has been practiced there since the 8th century. Shibori includes a number of labor intensive resistance techniques, which includes stitching elaborate patterns and tightly gathering the stitches before dyeing. So that forms these really intricate um, designs generally used for kimonos. Oh, that makes sense. Things? Sorry, I'm just, I, you're blowing my mind about tie-dye right now. <laughs> Another shibori method is to wrap fabric around the, a core of rope, wood, or other material and bind it tightly with string or thread. The areas of the fabric that are against the core under the binding would remain undyed. Tie-dyeing techniques have also been used for centuries in the Hausa Hausa region of West Africa with renowned indigo dye pits located in and around Nigeria. The tie-dye clothing is then richly embroidered in traditional patterns, and it is suggested that these African techniques were the inspiration for the tie-dyed garments identified in the hippie fashion. So although shibori techniques were occasionally used in Western fashion before the 1960s, modern psychedelic tie-dyeing did not become a fad until the late 60s, following the example set by rock stars such as Janis Joplin and John Sebastian. Um, so as you mentioned, tie-dye quite popular in the 90s, um, and over time it kind of has tended to fade in and out of popularity in Western culture. Um, I would say right now we're in a bit of a tie-dyeing lull, personally. I don't really see a lot of it anymore, but it comes and goes. I mean, I know... I went to birthday parties when I was a child where we did tie-dyeing and I know our cousins, I believe, who are like 10 years younger than us, they went to a tie-dyeing birthday party at one point. It's almost like it's on a 10-year like cycle. Tie-dye comes in and it kind of goes out and it comes in again. So Western culture, it was identified with hippies for a long time, but now it's just sort of more of the general, part of the general zeitgeist. I mean, sometimes it's related to stoners, sometimes it's related to hippies, sometimes it's related to nine-year-old children who did their own tie-dyeing at camp who knows so yeah kind of a fancy history and then it's sort of just become pretty cat. Yeah. you bottled my brain biscuits and showed my own oh what's the word uh ignorance thank you showing my ignorance i immediately jumped obviously to the 70s 90s but you're absolutely like you are so right there has been a ton of tie-dyeing throughout history and that just shows my very Western thought process. So thank you so much for that. I didn't even think about that, but going into it, of course, those exist. Red. Nothing's so new. Bad. Nothing is new. Well, I mean, it's just we've been perfecting these things for a long time. Sick. Let's talk about. I, I was I was gonna do like a psychedelic vibe check, but now I feel kind of weird about it. So let's just do a very respectful acknowledgement of art throughout the history. Vibe check. A colorful vibe check. A colorful vibe check. There you go. That's the energy we want, Jude. Woo. All right, you. I feel like you. You always. You cannot stop yourself from talking about your experience level before we actually get to your experience level. 
Because you've clearly done it in children's birthday parties before, and you just outed oh, yourself. That's true. This that's whole true. session exists for a reason, and you just <laughs> completely didn't go with it. So, do you want to explain yourself? It's an eye shrug and do what I want. Yes. So, my experience of all, like I said, I did do it as a kid t- at some point at a birthday party. I couldn't really give you specifics. But more recently, in 2012, I was a camp counselor one summer. Super fun job. I was a camp counselor at a camp in Prince George through the Native Friendship Center up there. And so the camp was sort of one day in the city, which is like to the pool or something. And then the other three days, we were at a camp out in essentially the woods on the lake. And tie-dye was one of the activities we often did. All the kids had white um, camp t-shirts. So that's what they were tie-dyeing. Super lovely. And the the week before the kids came, we all went, just the counselors, to do a week sort of of orientation and blah, blah, blah. So during that week, we all did tie-dye because we we're all like, we're supposed to teach children how to do this. Like, I have no idea. So I did tie-dye there. I did it like popsicle colors. It was white, bl- blue, and red, like those rocket nice. popsicles. Yeah. And it was actually super good. And I was super impressed. And I thought I still had it. And then I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. And then I was like, oh, I probably have a, a picture of me wearing it, but I don't have that either. So you just have to believe me. So yeah, that was my experience. So it was eight years ago. Eight and a half that years was ago. a long time. Woo! Yeah. So, was, so I wouldn't say, I would say like, I'm like, a 90s kid average experience level i've done it a couple uh, times what go ahead i feel like this is like not a so say my weirdo 90 experience so i was a weird kid and if you were friends with me growing up thank you because you didn't have any reason to be because i welcome. was weird i was your sister i had to you had to be you were like forced to so i've never done it i've never been to a, a tie-dye birthday party maybe it's just like the, the three-year gap between us like honestly it's a two or and a half did, year gap. Calm down. It's a two and a half. Anyways, I never went to a tie-dye birthday party. I or if I did, I clearly don't remember it long. Like, uh. um, so I've never done it before. I've watched a lot of TikToks about it. I need to get off of TikTok. I think is it's the impossible. It is impossible. Now that you're there, and I have a friend of mine who's also on it, and we just send each other like deranged TikToks. Anyways, seen some people do it before, and I'm like, oh yeah, super fun. And I've worn some tie-dye. I'm not gonna lie, it's not for all that I like to do like a weird wacky color scheme, it's not my favorite. A lot of very bright colors, and yeah, I do have like I have a lot of like bleached shirts, I would say, mm-hmm. which have sayings that are in too inappropriate for this podcast. Because that checks out. <laughs> Well, I was a punk back in my day, and I still am punk forever. But yeah, no, I've I've never done this. I've never, I've never done tie dyeing before. I've had like an opportunity. I've read about it before. I've seen like how tos, but I never actually done it. So, having never done it before, how what was like your thought and feeling going into it? Um, my immediate thought was like everybody seems to like do it, and it comes out perfectly. And I know in my heart of hearts that that's not going to happen. And I really wanted to do the like spiral tie dye. Mm-hmm. It, was, it always looks so cool and I'm like there's no way I can do this so that's the one that I did oh also I was like how do I even tie I I we, we did this change and I was like crap I need a tie-dye kit and so I looked at Amazon and everything was gonna I prime but everything was gonna get here today and when I found out was that tie-dyeing takes like at least 10 hours to complete really with your set times and like it, it, it's you should take a night to just set something over i don't know how you did your setup for tie-dye um uh, but the what the, the recipe that i used had something sitting for eight hours or recommended for it to sit for overnight yeah when um, we did was, like 
So I was when we did it at camp, we would like day one, they would dye their shirts and then we'd leave them all out in the sun like overnight and then uh, wash them. Yeah, so I was like that. And then I was like, this is not going to look good for me, but we'll just see. And then I went to go buy the stuff that I needed for tie dyeing and I couldn't find any of it. Oh, good. I got it. I got it. Like a, there was this, the, the one, the one I used off was like originally for a food dye. And I was like, great. Like, if I mess it up, it's not ruined forever. I mean, who cares? Honestly, it's a white t-shirt, the ratty white t-shirt that I own. I own 8,000 of them. But uh, the only thing I could find at the store was vinegar. I couldn't find food coloring. I went to two grocery stores. I couldn't find elastic bands. <laughs> so I bought hair ties, which is... <laughs> and... Um, oh and then I was like, what am I going to use for ink? And I could find like like gel icing, but I couldn't find food coloring. And I was standing in that baking section at both of these stores being like, what do you mean there's no food coloring? Like, what is that? Amazing. And then I'm like, okay, it's fine. I live in a house with people who make stuff. They must have food coloring. They did not have food coloring. So I am an artist, as we've mentioned once or twice. I have a bin full of uh, what is called Indian ink, which is just like a non-toxic waterproof ink. And so I was like, this better work. <laughs> so I diluted it. I was, and I, I have some acrylic ink, but I didn't want to use that because I was kind of afraid that it was going to like light on fire when I put it in the washing machine or in the dryer, like the heat. I, was, uh. I think fair. it's only, I think it's only like turpentine and oil paintings that is flammable, but I didn't want to risk it because I feel like my roommates would not be thrilled if I lit our dryer on fire, just in general, before That'd we be died, good. you know, because fire and we live in our house so yeah it was kind of a stressful situation I followed the instructions as best as I could but like I did not have any really of the ingredients that I was supposed to have it turned out better than expected I, I think I was too cautious at the end how about you what was your thoughts feelings sorry everyone I spilled my beer all over myself and my phone and my desk so I had to clean it up didn't get my laptop and I have an iPhone so Oh, she still works. Jude completely um, forgot that all iPhones are now waterproof. As we I were saying. 2004, as we were saying. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm going to go do, through my initial thoughts, feelings, and what we did before the karma gods got back to you for being sassy back. Yes. <laughs> so I was cautious. Like I said, um, it's been a long time and something I haven't done in a really long time. And to mix things up a little bit, but also because I didn't want to go to the store because I work from home, so I never leave. And we have two vehicles, but because I don't drive my car to work anymore, I, like, don't have a bunch of tires on it, and it needs an oil change. So I was like, what can I use in my house? So I decided to do bleach tie-dyeing to Whoa. mix it up. Then I was kind of nervous I'd never done that before. Okay. So I found some things that were like, oh, like, tie-dyeing napkins. And I love a cloth napkin. We grew up having cloth napkins. Paper napkins seem super wasteful to me, and I, lo I love cloth napkins the best. So, but I have some that are like kind of boring. So I was like, I will bleach try dye these napkins, and it's gonna be super fun. So I went to three different websites to like combine the information to like do what I wanted. So let me tell what you my choice inside out. We're like, this is our first time doing a hobby. Let's just let's get a recipe and then just not follow it. Well, like three together. Like the one was like, if you're using linen and I was like, well, I don't, A, I don't have linen napkins, but B, I wouldn't be using linen napkins for this. I'm going to use my like crappy cotton ones. Anyway, buckle in for my story of woe. So first okay. I used the light blue napkins because they're kind of boring. And are you ready for this reveal? 
what you can't see any tie-dye oh you can kind of see it a little bit there's a very there's like a, a texture a texture so, oh because the light shines you can kind of see it now yeah you can kind of see it that's cute so the internet was like oh for like linen it's like five minutes but for cotton it's like 20 minutes two hours to get to this so the napkin as a whole is we'll post pictures obviously napkin as a whole is a little bit lighter than like its friends that weren't bleached but yeah you can't really see the design this is one of four that i did this is one you can see the most on i tried four different folding techniques i can post a picture but it doesn't really matter because they all look the same so then my husband saw it and was like well why don't you use like the dark gray napkins that we have it'll show up a little bit better i was like you know what that's a good idea so today i used a dark gray napkin are you ready yes Oh, nothing. there's nothing on that. Nothing. There's nothing. It's not there it at all. It smells like bleach. There. Oh, and so for the light blue ones, I used diluted bleach because that's what the one chick said. And so for this one, I was like, we're going to go for it. 100% bleach. And I was like, how is this possible? I've how is that possible? I've accidentally bleached like sweatshirts and jeans by accidentally brushing against a counter that I use like a spray cleaner with bleach in it. And pure bleach didn't. So those napkins are made out of like Teflon or like Panda or okay. something. So then I was going to just be like, you know what? Whatever. This is a fail Not for me. Not every hobby is going to be successful. But I said I'd give it one more try. So three hours ago, <laughs> four hours, four hours ago, I got a black tank top that is, I, I, I wear black tank tops almost exclusively under all of my clothes. And this one was ribbed and I don't like ribbed tank tops. And this one slides up. So I was like, if it gets wrecked, I don't really care. But if it works out it's cool and I wear it like for like pajamas sometimes or whatever and so who cares so anyway yeah this is the black tank top with I don't know 20 minutes Ta-da! Woo! it looks so cool so I wrapped it like this and then I just mm-hmm. like I wrapped it in like a long sausage essentially and then dipped only the very end in the bleach so it would leach through so yeah so the top we'll post a picture of course but yeah, yeah. so this one worked out and it makes me happy and if I've been more patient, like I like I like this sort of grayish color it's going. The black kind of yeah. goes this reddish first. So I wish I left it in a little bit longer, but I want to make sure I had time to wash and dry it. So and like almost immediately when I put it in, I started seeing the color leaching out. So I was like, oh, finally. So that's what I did. Yeah. It was a journey, but we got there. So uh, I did. Wait, can you kind of see it? I can't can see yeah. that at yeah. all. Yeah, okay, come on. I love Perfect. it. Uh, yeah, so I did that one. I did a swirl pattern, which was very exciting. I It worked. Um, I diluted my ink too much, so it's very light, but it's kind of the trans flag, so I'm like, I'm dancing up into it. Also, I, I don't like white shirts, so this is better. I'll probably wear it more than I would the other shirt. I might do another round of tie-dyeing on it just to make it a little bit more bold, because it definitely has space to move. Um, but yeah, it's fun. This one took a long time, <laughs> because it wasn't bleach. It was, you know, yeah. set the color, and then you have to, like, I did vinegar, like I soaked it in vinegar for an hour, the vinegar water solution, a one to one parts. And then I dyed it in my bathtub and I put it in a bag, left it there, like a, like a freezer bag, put it, like left it out overnight to just settle. And then I soaked it in a half a cup of salt and then enough water to dilute the salt for half an hour. And then I washed it on gold. So time-consuming but not that hard yeah anyways shall we pop into our the points, points. <laughs> the points. absolutely i did an arm thing for those of you 
for everybody watching on the pod, everyone listening without watching, whatever, fine, whatever. Cost, number one. <laughs> so like I said, I couldn't find anything that I needed. So $2 for vinegar. And that's because I bought a four liter thing of vinegar because we could always use more vinegar in our house, really. Vinegar is a great thing if you uh, don't have lime or lemon and you're like halfway through a recipe and you realize it and all the stores are closed. Vinegar is an asset that you can use as well. So always oh, good to have on hand. Um, so I would say like, if you had to buy, if you actually had to buy the products to tie dye, maybe you're looking at like a 10 to $20 range for it. It's pretty cheap. And like, you can pretty much use any kind of material, like fabric. So yeah, nice and cheap. Love that. List that. What about you? How much did you spend? Mine was essentially free. I had everything in my house ready. I had hair elastics and I had bleach because I use it for cleaning and stuff. So uh, like the small bottle bleach that I have in my house is under $4 at Superstore and I used not that much of it. So yeah, fairly quite an expensive hobby. And obviously, yeah, if you want to buy a big fancy tie-dyeing kit, it probably is a little bit more, but I feel like generally you also can get a lot of Yeah, I should I should say the the Amazon kits that I was looking at were between $16 to $30. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like generally they're not going to be like, you know, this is a kit for one shirt. It's probably for quite a few. A lot, um, yeah. Like I said, I think for when I was a camp counselor, it was, like, it was some time ago, but we did like probably 200 shirts and I feel like it cost under like $50, mm-hmm. not including the cost of the shirts. So yeah, yeah, absolutely quite inexpensive. Love it. Yeah. So enjoyment and ease of use, obviously I've had a more enjoyable time doing hobbies and I've had an easier time doing hobbies but once we got to the right material it was quite easy it was not easy getting to that point but you know we got there eventually and it the hobby itself isn't difficult you're like like you said either it's quite time consuming or for me figuring out what you're using is can be difficult but the hobby itself you know you're putting elastic bands around a shirt in different ways to create different patterns and then either using ink or bleach to color them it's not super complicated um and but but it it can be as complicated or as as easy as you want yeah i absolutely agree honestly like it just took a long time to do it took me a while to figure out how i was going to do it but once i did it it it's really easy but yeah it is definitely some level of commitment of figuring stuff out number three nicheness now i had i had a hard time trying to figure out if this is niche or not because i agree with what you were saying earlier about history i think this goes from being really popular to really lame and it, mm-hmm. it, it's a weird one because it definitely oscillates between the two. Because then there's like, it's really, really popular. And then it's lame because too many people like it. And then it gets like ironically popular because then you start wearing things that are like used to like that, that kind of like vibe. And then it gets popular again. Like, so I don't, I don't know. I would say this hobby comes in waves of nicheness. I would say tie-dyeing stuff yourself. Um, it's kind of, it's pretty niche. Like, I, I don't know anybody who tie-dyes stuff people wear a lot of tie-dye though so it might just be like i'm not running in the right circles for like the tie-dye <laughs> world i didn't really find you know but um i like like it's very much part of diy so i feel like if you're really into like crafty diy stuff you probably tried tie-dye but i don't know if this is anybody's like long-term commitment hobby yeah i put that i think it's an adult niche hobby because i think a lot mm, of yeah. kids try to do it I know my previous job, my boss's daughters tie-dyed at like a sleepover together they had because they saw it online and wanted to try it. But yeah, I think once you get to be an adult, it is relatively uncommon. This kind of leads into the next point as well, but my winemaker, the one I used to work for, he 
tie-dyed shirt like one of his friends they had like a tie-dye part pre-covid they had a party and the girl was like we're gonna tie-dye and he was like it was kind of like a fun activity to do like while we we're all drinking and we had like a contest to see who's his best i think it was must have been like an over like a weekend thing or something i can't really remember mm. so he would wear his tie-dye shirt every so often um but yeah i agree i don't think it's a lot of people's super hobby the bleaching tie-dye thing if you want much if you, more popular much more popular i've seen a lot of like um upcycling like shirts that are done like that even some like duvet covers and stuff um which like i said feeds into usability and accessibility because for me i think tie-dye is a really great way to refresh a clothing item so for the shirt that i tie-dyed actually funnily enough the shirt that i tie-dyed at camp and then my winemaker shirt both had um chicken noodle soup stains on them so like that bright yellow stain on them that you just like you can't get out once it's in so i think so by tie-dyeing it you're completely distracting from that and it's a really good way to to keep that shirt like super wearable without throwing it away. So I love I love that you could refresh like I said the duvet cover. You could refresh a lot of different things, change up the look. If you have a really nice piece that you love, but maybe you're, it's not really your style anymore. Um, I saw a couple of things where you're tie dyeing with a shibori meth- method, for example, um, like a shower curtain, but like just using one color. So it's like white and then you do that and then you have like a deep indigo or something. So it's a really personalized, beautiful piece. And that kind of that one, especially if it's a really deep color, kind of almost elevates it to a little bit more of like a not so much a hippie vibe, but more of like a, you know, fancy bespoke item vibe, which I think is which I think is cool. And then as far as accessibility, um, you do need fine motor skills for tying the elastics on. But other than that, I would say it's quite accessible to almost anyone like we said, it's a pretty low cost. And if you have either some sort of dye or a bleach and some sort of clothing item. And, oh yeah. And yes. And some sort of, or even string, you can use string, string as yeah. well. What about you? I absolutely agree. I think this was very accessible. The only thing I would know is like, obviously you're using, if you're doing bleach, you're using bleach, which can cause sensitivity and you should be safe and use gloves. And same thing, honestly, for when you're regular diet, if you do not use gloves, you I touched it with my hands and took it out. I love the smell of bleach though, so. Okay, I hate that we have the same weird thing, but I like that. I I love the smell of bleach, but like, are you, is something wrong with you? And I was like, probably. I just like clean. Um, I'm already, I, I'm already so excited to like go downstairs and do my laundry. But yeah, uh, same thing though. If you're doing what I did was just like color tie dyeing, mm-hmm. uh, you can stain your hand. It's like, it's like hair dye girls. You know what I mean? Like you shouldn't be using anything that's going to hurt you, but wear some gloves. So your hands yeah. don't turn bright blue. Pretty basic, but, but yeah, that was, I, I think you're right. It is very accessible and very useful. If you're, you can make whatever you want to tie dye t-shirts are just the the main one that i went with because i am original (laughs) community i I didn't find a community we also did this last minute so i didn't have the regular time to kind of go through searching for it but um i didn't really see one out there there's like it's i feel like it's part of the diy crafty world but i feel like again i don't think there are any like hardcore tie dyers unless it's like your job unless like you make tie dye stuff for money you know yeah, I did a quick like Facebook search and there were two like groups, one just called tie-dyeing, which had 36,000 members, one called alternative tie-dye techniques, which had 22,000 members, which kind of sounds like a lot, but considering how many people are on Facebook, that's really not that many. And it was just sort of like, oh, this is how I did or whatever. So I agree. It's not like a huge community. I don't think you're going to find like a community in your community, um, if that makes sense. I agree. Yeah. I think it's more of 
yeah, like a, it's more of a part of the greater DIY. I could see if you were part of like a crafting group or something that this was like, let's try tie dye. Or like I said, um, Rue, he did it with his friends. We did it at camp. It's yeah, it's not like a hobby that you have, I think, a community around. And most people aren't tie dyeing all the time. They're like, you do it once. Maybe you want to do a big piece or you do it for fun or you do it for, you tie dye a shirt for an event or something. Like I know you, you could tie dye shirt your your sports team colors or something but it's not like an ongoing I feel like hobby like knitting or something else actually and which also feeds into my next point which is the relaxation level because for me this is a set it and forget it hobby which I think feeds into they're not being a huge community because you're not like constantly doing something with it you're putting elastic bands on which I found relaxing to an extent and then you are putting it in whatever and then you're checking on it and then you're taking it out of whatever and either letting it set or you're washing it, and then it's done. Like it's not for me anyway. I didn't feel like it was relaxing in any way because it was just yeah. sort of like, I'm just doing this thing, which is not a bad thing, but I just, for me, the relaxation level was sort of like NA, not applicable. Yeah, this was definitely, I think this hobby, the the issue that we have is it's very like, it's not the journey, it's the end for this kind of hobby. Mm-hmm. Like you're really, I, the, my yeah. favorite part of this hobby was being able to unravel my shirt and see how the design worked. Yes. And being shooketh that I had actually gotten the spiral. So really, it looks like, it looks awful when you take it out of the bag. It's just like this awful colored dyed mess. Yes. And you wash it out and it's cool. So that was, but like none, none of it was like, at the end of my day, I was like, oh, thank God I can come home and tie dye. Like I was, yes. even when I was tie dyeing, I was like, do not get ink on your hands. I'm wearing gloves. I'm like, don't get it on your hands. Don't get it on your shirt. Try not to touch anything. And then I had to scrub out my bathtub afterwards because I got dye on the bathtub. Like, it was just like, I wouldn't say it's a stressful hobby, but also like, it's not like after a long day, I want to come home and tie dye or stay home and tie dye. Yeah. And although, and even though I was using bleach, I almost had the opposite thing where I was doing it in my bath, in my kitchen sink, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Like the bleach can get on it and the kitchen sink's super clean, but I wear a lot of black. Like I'm wearing right now a black sweatshirt and black leggings and like a white and black shirt. So I was really cautious of not getting bleach on my clothes because I didn't want to dye them or bleach them. So yeah, mine, even mine was, was stressful in a different way, but yeah, seems the thing you're really aware of where the stuff is, where something like, um, felting or knitting, not so much because it's not going to like spill on your couch and ruin it or get on your hands or get on your parents' couch or whatever. So yeah. But moving right along to COVID friendliness, uh, I thought this was pretty friendly. Obviously, neither of us left our, I, I went to get vinegar, which I already had enough at home. I just wanted to, like, I knew I was going to be using more, and so I wanted to replace it, So I'm so good like that. But embrace your weird COVID fashion. Um, it's pretty easy to do. It gets you to do laundry if you're having trouble right now with that. And also, if you are someone like me and you, for some reason, own white shirts, even though you are an absolute monster that stains everything, like Kayla's saying, tie-dyeing is a great way to cover up your own errors as a human being. So, uh-huh. uh Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, Like you said, as we're still limiting our time out and about, stuff you can do at home, stuff that you can do with stuff you already have at home. And I also put uh, making the clothes you own last as long as possible is key. Not just yeah. in COVID, just as a general environmental decision, but also during COVID. You know, you, you don't, going to like the secondhand store or the mall is still sort of like, uh, like, can be a lot for a lot of people and in, in some places those options aren't even available they're closed so finding ways yeah to make your clothes fun and exciting you know if i'd had a, a pair of sweatpants in either black or white i probably would have tied at them because i wear leggings or sweatpants almost every day right now and would have made it a little more exciting like zhuzh it up a little bit so i just sorry i just realized that 
of the, the two tie-dye things that I own. One of them is my sweatsuit that is a bleach tie-dye as well. Oh, that's right. I forgot about your bleach tie-dye sweatsuit. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget? How could you forget of my fashion choices? I'm going to put them on right after this so I can stop wearing beer-covered pants. It's fashion. So fashion. Dude, you can't tie-dye with beer. Come on. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. COVID-friendliness was great. Happy. And for me, I use bleach, which is great for cleaning and for this hobby. So it's double whammy. My sink is super clean now. Mm, love that. Which leads us to our final question. Is this your new niche hobby? Um, no. Like, <laughs> I, like honestly, I, I'm i probably going to try and tie dye this shirt again because I want it to be a little bit darker. But like, this was not my favorite hobby i already said i don't love tie-dye to begin with and i was really excited that i got to do the spiral thing because it worked and i was like oh amazing i'm a, I'm a master of tie-dye but yeah this was not this wasn't it for me i might do it one more a, a few more times but honestly this is not this is not my new niche hobby how about you i put that i will keep this in my hobby tool belt so as we try more and more things like mom, my, it was interesting mom asked me this the other day she said, with all of the new hobbies that you're doing every week, do you have time to go back and like revisit hobbies or do hobbies that you loved before the podcast? Which is an interesting question. So I'm trying to like, I'm, we're trying all these new things and some of them we love and some of them, one of them each we hated. And then there's sort of a bunch in between. So I'm sort of envisioning that like we're building like this sort of like toolkit of like different things we can do. So, which I think is like super fun. So this I think is good to keep for uh, next time I stay in a shirt and for like when I have kids someday and potentially like going somewhere that requires brightly colored clothing this is a fun option I yeah you also do events a lot at your house when not COVID times right it's true I'm I'm a big fan of a party of hosting people at my house and this would be once like if we had like a backyard or something this would be super fun thing to do with our friends like on a Saturday like Let's have like tie-dye and a barbecue and some beers and like have a great time, which obviously we can't do right now. Also, we live in a townhouse and I would not trust any of my friends with alcohol and dye in my house. But anyway, yeah. So, so I think it's something that I'll keep in mind for future. I wear a lot of black in my wardrobe and a lot of other like sort of more muted colors, like rose petal and dark purple. So tie-dye. Rose petal. It's pink, girl. Like a rosy pink, not like hot pink was my point. I, yeah, I don't wear a lot of bright colors. So for me, it's like, eh, I don't know. So I'll probably do it. I will do it again. Um, I do really like love the look of those like sort of Shibori style bleach dyed um, or even regular tie dyed like napkins. So I'll probably keep an eye out for like either white napkins or something that I can, I can try that with. I really think that's really beautiful, but yeah, it's not definitely not something that I would do on a regular basis. It would be more like a one-off thing. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I agree. It wasn't my favorite. And yeah, and it's just not really my style at the end of the day. That's also why I tried the bleach tie dye because it wasn't brightly colored. It's like more colors I would wear. But yeah, for me, it's just, it's not my favorite. And that's like, we always say that just because it's not our favorite doesn't mean it's not your thing, but it just wasn't our thing. No, honestly, I think I probably would have liked the bleach a lot better because I also wear a lot of black, but I also have a more grungy style than you. Um, so I think the bright color doesn't really work for me, but I, maybe the bleach uh, will. Yeah, that's right. It's a lot easier and it takes way less time. We're going to do this in like two hours. That's yeah, true. Start, start to dry. 
start to draw. Uh, all right, Kate, what are we doing next week? So next week, we are doing intention slash vision boards. Vision boards. Envision it. Think about it. Third eye. Have a little something. introspective moment. So we are, today is January 22nd. So yes, next week we'll be recording on January 29th. The episode will come out on January 30th. So basically at the end of January, which traditionally is a month for goal setting and thinking about your future and envisioning things and having intention for things. Um, we started January with bullet journals. This seemed like a good way to bookend it. So um, a little bit more visual thing. I feel like this is going to be very much Jude's thing, but we'll see what happens. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. I literally got a magazine subscription to one of, oh, shout out to one of my favorite uh, art magazines that I recently resubscribed to, which is Sad Magazines, Sad Magazine in Vancouver. Uh, so I got my first edition from them this year, which was their death themed publication. Maybe not great for a vision board, but cool. Well, you know, it depends on what you're... It, there was, like, really... Anyway, it was really, really cool. They have lots of cool, unique artists. They also have a lot of beautiful artwork in the background that I'm going to collage into my Envision board. And then I also have uh, my beautiful uh, Mr. January um, sexy man calendar. So I might try to put that in there as well. I cannot wait. So, yes, come tune in next week for that. Uh, and on that note, thank you for listening. For more information, links, or to support the show, go to friendswithnichehobbies.com. Follow us on social media at Friends with Niche Hobbies on both Instagram and on Facebook. That's where we'll link all the things we talked about today, post pictures of Nebby and Tufts and all our tie-dyeing, etc. Uh, and if you have a niche hobby you would like us to try or comments about the show, please email us at friends with niche hobbies podcast at gmail.com. Amazing. Please subscribe, review, tell a friend. It helps us a lot. We're a little indie podcast just chugging along in our own way. Um, we do have a Patreon, so if you could, if you're interested, you could also check that out and all the important links. Thank you so much to our current Patreons, Dave Dixon and Catherine Dixon. We love, love your support you. and we love you. <laughs> um, be awesome to each other. Have a good time out there. Be safe. Stop traveling around. Just stay home and try a new hobby. You're my niece friend and I love you. Yeah. Not just for COVID, I, for your I'm safety. I'm recording a podcast. Oh, that's it's gonna be still on today. Yes, go, go away. Hi, Stu. No, I'm not telling you to say hi. He didn't deserve <laughs> it. How dare he interrupt me? And then there's like a section of the floor that had like a plywood on over top of something and then a rug on top of it. And what was below that was just a pit. Of bodies uh, or you know, whoa! oh my phone. Oh my phone. Oh your phone's probably waterproof. Nebbiolo. You're the best dog. I didn't pick this card out right. Barking at ghosts. Who's that there? It's Nebula. I hope you listen to that in the recording, Kate. Because <laughs> it's a gem. Oh, that was awful. Hold on. Ah, there it is.